0: Hello, beautiful people, ladies and gents. How are you all doing today? Welcome back to a new episode of my podcast and actually a new season. I am kicking off season three with my amazing girlfriend, Brady. Brady, say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> sound a little more enthusiastic than hi. that. Hi! Oh, Well, that was gross. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Oh, it's
1: fine. Are you going to
0: bleep it out? No, I don't have that technical capability. Why are you outing yourself this early? (laughs) Sorry. All right. Um, But today we're going to talk about body dysmorphia. And because we haven't really, I haven't touched upon that um, on here. You know, I'm not friends with people who have it. Well, Um, you don't know. You might be. That's true. But, you know, people who aren't, you know, at least comfortable enough to talk about it. But my amazing girlfriend has been wanting to do this for a while. Um... We've been wanting to do it for a while, so I think it'll be... It'll be good. Yeah. Right? hmm I agree. All right. So, what is body dysmorphia to you, I guess, is, like, um, what I would kick off? I mean, personally, to me, it's
1: kind of the sense of really not knowing what you look like. hmm You know, a lot of people, they can picture themselves in their head without having to look in a mirror. hmm And I find that I really can't. And, um... You know, I'll get I'll get into it more later on in the podcast. But um, I went through sort of a big change where my body was constantly changing, and um, it just led me to not really know what I look like ever. I have no idea what I look like in
0: you know obviously
1: other people's perspectives, but even my own perspective, I have no idea what I look like. Yeah. So that's well, what
0: That is for me. It's a really interesting way to describe it. I've never really heard of that. So. Well. Wow. Mm-hmm. So where where was the center? Like what what is the reason that you have it? Like what what is behind your body dysmorphia, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So give us some background. Um I would say what kind of
1: kicked it off was sort of, I was always overweight. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, above the trajectory of what you should be at, your age and height and, you know, the, your BMI and everything. I was always above that. Mm-hmm. BMI is fucked. Oh, BMI is fucked. So that was always an issue regarding, you know, having to go to the doctors or having to go to any sort of medical kind of place where they, you know, specifically look at your body and how things are progressing. Mm-hmm. And, um, Because of that, I think my parents kind of didn't really have any other way to look at it other than the medical standpoint behind it. Mm -hmm. So they constantly, from a young age, I can, you know, distinctly remember being in kindergarten and thinking, I'm fat. Yeah. I'm fat. I can't do this. I'm fat. I can't say this. I'm fat. I can't act like this. I'm fat. People are going to immediately think that I'm fat. Which, you know, you look at me and you're like, okay, that's a chubby little kid. (laughs) That's how a kid is supposed to look, being a kid. Yeah eating whatever they want because they're a kid, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so it really all started from other people's, um, you know, perspective of me and what they saw, and, Mm -hmm. um, I think that no one really knew how to at least sugarcoat it, you know, things that shouldn't even be said in the first place, they were not sugarcoated to me, so, immediately my first instinct was, okay, you're overweight, you look overweight, you can't do certain things because of this, You can't talk to certain people because of this. You can't, you know, dress this way because you're overweight and you don't want to look fat. You don't want to look bigger to people. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it all started was as a young kid, that was the first thing that I ever knew. All I ever knew was that I was
0: bigger than everyone and it was wrong
1: it was you know my brother was born premature so that led to him not being developed as quickly so he's he was always super skinny Mm -hmm. which is the other side of biodysmorphia, the skinny part of it so he was always underweight he had to eat certain things to try to gain weight and i was on the opposite side of that I was the one that was put on diets to try to lose weight. Mm
0: -hmm. At a young age too.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where it all started was Mm -hmm. being a kid and bigger.
0: Okay, so it started in your early childhood. Definitely. What about you? Me? Well, I mean, I feel like like, I wouldn't even describe it as maybe having body dysmorphia. I would almost the only way that I could relate to it in a way is me being um, like femme presenting for so long, Right. and that like I didn't, you know, I didn't like the what I saw, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't like describe it as like dysmorphic because I knew it was me. It's just not the me that I wanted per se. Okay, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's really the closest thing is just me being femme for so long and picturing something else in my head that I really truly thought was me right. um so that that in a sense is, is what I would go through but I mean me being young I was just always a tomboy mm-hmm. because as a kid I didn't give a fuck about what anybody said right. you know who does you're just a little kid and then you know you get into middle school and you're like shit, I can't, I can't dress like that, so, I still did sometimes, but, you know, I was much more girly, and I would hate every second of it, but, you know, then I would get compliments from boys, when I would, and I'm like, oh my god, that's, that's good, that's what people are supposed to like, mm-hmm. before I found out I was gayer than the fucking rainbow, so, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah, um, <laughs> but, I mean, for me, I guess it started, like, in my early teens, like it was always there, I guess, but I only understood what it was like starting in my early teens. Right. Uh, like I always wanted short hair, yeah. always, literally, always. My, like, really? but my mom never let me. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, you know, COVID. I was like, I'm fucking cutting it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like, Fine, whatever. Um, and now I haven't had long hair since. Mm-hmm. I'm gr- I'm growing it back out though, just yeah. the top, just the top. Yeah. But. Yeah, that that's that's kind of me. Mm-hmm. But who do you think, in your dysmorphia, what group or you know specific people were your biggest contributors to it? Contribute, con, for both for both sides, so contributed to being worse mm-hmm. and contributed to get it getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely my immediate family.
1: Mm-hmm. So my for which the worse or better worse. Mm-hmm. My parents and my brother mainly were the you know top contenders for mm-hmm. fat shaving and food shaming
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, And as far as the other side of it, making it better um, I can't really say anyone ever did mm-hmm. just because everyone was in the mindset of watch what Brady's eating mm-hmm. look at like make sure you, you have accounts of what she's eating, how much she's eating so there was never anyone That was on my side of it. That was understanding, like, listen, this is really affecting me, and this shouldn't be happening at such a young age. Um, My sisters did help a little bit. They tried. You know, they would, I distinctly remember my sister, like, was like, look in the mirror right now and tell me that you look the same that you did, like, a couple months ago. And I was like, I don't see a difference. I don't know what you're talking about. And that was the first time I ever heard the word, like, the words body dysmorphia. She Mm -hmm. was like, you have body dysmorphia. That's what your issue is. You are seeing something that you're not anymore. But I felt deep down and I, you know, my eyes just never really caught up to what was happening. Mm -hmm. Because it all got sprung on me at once that, you know, the whole thing that I was going through really was just so fast paced. And I was just so young, that I didn't really understand the full effects behind it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they tried. They definitely did. Um, but my friends were on the same boat as me, my Mm -hmm. best friend Brooke, since we've been best friends since I, you know, we were four and five and we both had body dysmorphia. We were both in the same position of, we're a little bit bigger and we both hate the way we look. We Mm -hmm. don't want to look how we look. We don't want to talk about how we look. It was never a topic that was brought up because we both knew how sensitive it was to both of us. Mm -hmm. So I never really had anyone on the other side of it. It was just the negatives and the negatives and you just keep on going with that. So yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was my health. <laughs> um, what were, what was the, you think, like, what was, like, the turning point for you? Like, not even turning point into it getting better, but, like, what was, like, the, because I know you shared with me that you went through weight loss surgery at, like, a really, really young age. So... Yeah explain more about that and explain how like the transition Mm -hmm. between that because you know you were talking about before your immediate family would constantly it's like it was like a like a ticking time bomb always like around you and and watching everything it's like you you could never enjoy food and no never which you know
1: I still am affected by today. I still have
0: issues when it comes to food. I still have issues with eating. And she can't decide what she wants to eat. That's not even a bad thing. That's I'm not kidding. the bad
1: thing. I'll talk about the bad things. Don't worry. We'll get into it. But yeah, um, you know, ever since I was little, I always thought, I want to be skinny. I want to immediately be skinny. I wish there was something I could do that could just make me skinny, like, the next day. Like, I wake up and I'm skinny and I'm pretty and I'm, you know, the daughter that my parents want to a pretty little daughter that was, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, look like them. My mom is gorgeous. And so she wanted me to, that's what I always thought in my head was that she wanted me to be pretty so yeah. that she didn't feel like she had a fat daughter. That's mm-hmm. you know, as fucked up as that sounds. That's like, oh, how so it felt. Yeah. That's really how it felt. So at the age of 13, my mom came to me and said, well, they do have weight loss surgery if you want to start looking into that. And immediately I said, yes, I want that so i could everyone would leave me the fuck alone everyone would stop talking to me about how i look everyone would stop saying stuff and you know they would start saying positive things and that would somehow help what was happening yeah so yeah at 13 i went through the process of going for it and then finally they were like you're 13 like you can't do this right now you're you haven't even gone through puberty fully yet like you're not fully developed as as is like we can't just change this huge thing in your life all of a sudden Mm -hmm. so of course I was mad and I was not I couldn't comprehend why I couldn't just get this done and it could just all be over and I could be happy and be this person I was meant to be and so they waited and they talked to the medical board about you know how young they could do it and Turns out I was the youngest person they performed weight loss surgery on. Um, they, they actually had to halt the entire operation because they made me go to a psychiatrist, which is what you have to do in order to go through it. And yeah. she... Um, I had just gone through this really bad thing with my best friend where um, I was in a really bad mental state. I was suicidal. I was <laughs> um, not in a good way. So, you know, I... I didn't really look at that as a bad thing. I kind of was just like, oh yeah, this happened in my life. You know, my best friend said this, she did this, this is what happened. And people are like, you, are you okay? Like, do you need someone? And so yeah, she made the whole thing stop. And she said, you have severe depression. We are ordering you to go to therapy right now before we can continue back on to your weight loss surgery. And I was so upset. I was so sad because Again, I had never really heard about depression. It wasn't something that was ever talked about. Yeah. But I absolutely did have depression. The first therapy session I went to, I bawled my eyes out the entire time. <laughs> and um, yeah, finally they got to the point where I had finished all the sessions and I was done with that. And then I think it was ten days after my fifteenth birthday, I got the sleeve, the gar, what I gariatric, bariatric sleeve. Um, which took a toll on my body. Yeah. It's a major surgery. Yeah. Are you Um, kidding? For people that don't know, they cut out two thirds of your stomach and then make it smaller so that you physically (laughs) can't eat as much as you used to. So yeah, I got that done and I woke up out of, you know, anesthesia and I was alone in the hospital and I, I was like, I want my mom. Like, where's my mom? And they were like, you can't have your mom here. You can't, you're you're an adult. You can't have your mom here. And I was like, no, like, I want my mom. And they're like, how old are you? I was like, 15. They were like, oh my God, where is her mother? Where is her mom? Like, they didn't know that I was a minor. And I was a little kid in the hospital room. So that was so much fun. That was a really fun (laughs) couple days in the hospital. Yeah, Yeah, it was really cool. (laughs) And so... Um, since that surgery, I lost 100 pounds, almost 100, maybe like 90 something pounds Yeah, since then. And, um, yeah, I thought that that was going to be the one thing that would stop everything mm-hmm. and it would stop the way that I looked at myself and it would, you know, I would feel pretty and I would feel good and, you know, everyone was telling me this isn't gonna be the fix to... The mental issues you have and the yeah. imagery you have in your brain but I didn't believe it I was this is gonna be it this is what's gonna help me yeah and guess what it didn't help <laughs> it didn't do it but it did make me healthier you know
0: at what cost what okay, kind of yeah. what kind please, of help please please don't please don't justify that, that What? I always so we have these conversations because coming from me like a person outside I'm like I'm like Brady like that's not okay like it's really not I think like humor is a good way to cope but at the same time you need to be reminded of how serious and like not okay it all was you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um because this it's not normal it's not what any little kid should go through you know what I mean yeah and I mean it just goes to show that no matter like how much work you put in like a person who is insecure about their body and yeah like going to a gym may help them you know boost their confidence but at the end of the day it's like you Mm -hmm. it's not like what you look like it's who you are like inside and what you tell yourself right and like the mental practices that you do that is what's gonna make the difference. Cause you can be the skinniest, most fit person in the world and still like hate the way you look. Mm-hmm. It's about you learning to love and accept your body for what it is. And like there was a there's a woman, she's an actress, and I forgot what her name is, but she played Maddie McPhee. Oh, Have you ever seen that in McFay? Oh yeah, I don't know the actress's name, but I know she was just in Matilda the musical. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love her; she's Mm -hmm. amazing. And she was like recently—I don't know what fucking talk show it was—but she said that hating your body is like such a waste of time because your body is a temple, and you're gonna spend the rest of your life in it. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're saying to yourself in the mirror, like, "Oh, I hate my thighs," I hate whatever, like. You saying those words doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. It just makes yourself more miserable. Mm -hmm. So learning to love like the little things about you or the little imperfections about you that you find perfect, Mm -hmm. that should should be the goal, you know. Very true. But, so getting (laughs) back to, (laughs) so when you had weight loss surgery Mm -hmm. and you had this whole change, did, what were people's reactions like? What like the changes that were going through your body? Did you find people changed? Absolutely, hundred mm-hmm.
1: percent. It's really it really looking back at it, it's super upsetting yeah. how different you get treated when you lose weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, immediately more attention from boys, mm-hmm. which again I wasn't in the closet, but I wasn't really fully to terms with my sexuality. I kind of. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I'm kind of the same way right now. You know, I kind of just, I like what I like, I mm, guess. Yeah. Well, you like me right I now. I do. I love <laughs> you right now. I love you forever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, too. yeah, so I've really noticed everyone's, um, perspective of me changed. They, I would constantly hear, oh my God, you look so good. You look so, like, you lost so much weight. You look so much, something that really fucked with me was mm-hmm. when people would say, you look so much better now you look so much better now and that would you know i would have to smile and say thank you but deep down that crushed me because what did you think i looked like before what did i look like before all of this you did i look bad did you, you know so many things go through your head when you you really don't realize you know and the, of course they don't mean offense when it comes when they're saying yeah. it but it hearing that really fucks with you Mm -hmm. And it fucks with your perspective on yourself and what you looked like before, and you feel even worse, and you're like, well, now I have to keep losing weight, so people keep thinking I look good, and keep up this facade. Not even, yeah. It it really was fucked up, and so that led to me not really knowing sort of the self-worth that I had, because I based it off of what people said Mm -hmm. and what kind of attention I got from it, so... the the point of um 11th grade yeah I was I was in high school during all of this I was a sophomore in high school when I had to miss school to get surgery and I told everyone I oh I got my appendix out I was getting gallbladder surgery and suddenly I started rapidly losing weight and people were like what what's happening like are you on a new diet how are you doing this and I was like oh yeah like you know just cutting out certain things and stuff like that because I didn't want to tell anybody no, absolutely not. I saw it as sort of a shameful thing. Yeah. And I still have trouble saying that I, I had weight loss surgery. Yeah. You no. Know, because they're like, well, you're 19. What do you mean you had weight loss surgery? And I had to tell them it was four years ago. Yeah. In my short span of life on earth, <laughs> I have gone through such a rapid change that people would go through when they are 40. You know, yeah. like I, I was in groups with people that were you know we're all on the same level we're getting surgery the same day and these are people are adults with kids and I'm a kid I'm the same age as their kids yeah so it was just very mind-blowing to see but um yeah people's perspectives a hundred thousand percent changed and the attention I got changed and people finally stopped talking about what I was eating Mm -hmm. which felt really good to be able to choose for myself what I wanted to eat and I knew that I feel like my dad did bring up one of the times and he was like, oh, should you really be eating that right now? And I was like, well, look at how much I've lost. I went through surgery. You can't say anything anymore. You can't say I can't eat this because I've gone through this to, to make sure that I'm losing weight so that you can stop saying stuff to me. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a spiteful kind of thing, which is disgusting and that's yeah. not how you should go about surgery. Yeah. So yeah, that's how people's <laughs> perspective changed. And my perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And so I wanna get back to the point of when you have surgery mm-hmm. and when you have the surgery, you still felt the symptoms afterwards. Which symptoms? Of body dysphoria. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Worse. That's what really kicked it off. Tell me about that. Tell me the symptoms. Tell me how did it affect you. Tell me how does it still affect you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. I still don't know what I look like. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever will fully know what I look like. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Thank she does, for anybody who doesn't know. But all my friends think you're beautiful. Everybody thinks you're beautiful. Thank you. Because you are. Thanks. Sorry, I adore my girlfriend and I tell her <laughs> this all the time. So.
1: Um, yeah, so... Once I did get the surgery and I did start losing weight, I kind of still see myself as the weight that I was beforehand, because yeah. when you're going through this, you're getting weighed every day, every other day. So all you're seeing is numbers on a scale. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing what your body looks like. You're seeing these, this, you You have to be at this. You need to make this mark, you need to make that mark. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly looking at these numbers on a scale and not really looking at myself yeah. and really realizing what sizes I was now fitting into. I was. I went from, I think, at my biggest, I was like a size 16,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now I'm a size 6 to 8 yeah. maybe? So I went down almost 10 sizes, and I still see myself as the 16 that I was, and um, really once I started losing the weight, and people were, again, people were commenting and saying you look so much skinnier, you look so much better, like, do yes. you feel better, like, I know like, you look so much better now and I was like oh yeah I guess so yeah I lost x amount of pounds I lost this much and it wasn't registering to me that I was becoming thinner I really I was and um even when I looked in the mirror I saw the exact same person that I saw before I went to surgery so and I still do now it, it you know it shifts in my brain a lot um I see my hair color, I see certain facial features, but my body will never look any different to me. Mm -hmm. Because all I knew was, I would look in the mirror every day, and that's all I knew was what I looked like. And so I still see it as that, and I would try my hardest to avoid. Now I try, I think I've gotten better with it, but for a while I tried my hardest to avoid mirrors, Mm -hmm. because it freaked me out that this isn't the person that I saw the other day, like what is happening. Yeah. So it it definitely, like, exacerbated the issue of... I don't know what I
0: look like. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Really fun. (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) But... Okay. Like, this is, like, my reaction... No, this is my reaction every time that she talks about it because, like, I... I just, I get so, like, angry for her, and I get so angry that people, like, treated her that way, and, like, so angry, because I would genuinely just, like, hurt anybody who would hurt her, and so, you know, if you ever met her in person, you, you would know that she's just the most loyal, protective, you know, person on this earth who does not deserve any of the stuff that happened to her um no one really does no (laughs) nobody nobody deserves that luckily mine wasn't as bad as it could be oh stop what stop it it's true true. could have been a lot worse no 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 (laughs) um but so with the symptoms and how it was affecting you 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 know you were talking about the ruined self-image you don't know what you look like you know you would try and restrict yourself i know you remember Um, but how are you now making the steps to, to heal and to grow? I know you say you're not healed yet, No. but (laughs) what do you feel like you're actively trying to do? Or like, what do you think is helping you? If is, if there is anything helping you heal, if you are healing. Well, the real
1: thing that was the issue, the reason that I was gaining weight and rapidly gaining weight was because I was on a restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. Super restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in... Some people are going to understand what this means. Some Mm -hmm. people won't. I live in an ingredient household, (laughs) which means that we don't have food. Like, we really don't. You look in the fridge, there's nothing there. You look in the pantry, there's dog treats and croutons and... (laughs) Shit that is not a meal. Stuff that's not healthy to eat as a meal. So I would make what i could i would that's where i really came into baking stuff and cooking she's a very good baker thanks i would have to make everything from scratch because we had the ingredients to make it so i would make cinnamon buns from scratch i would make cakes and cookies and stuff and um i would start eating that and then my parents would notice that i was eating this stuff and they would take it and i wasn't allowed to eat that stuff you know i had so many i wasn't allowed to drink milk I wasn't allowed to drink milk. My parents would buy like 2% milk or whatever the lower fat milk is. Skim. Skim milk, uh, almond milk, no fat, non-fat, no sugar, all that shit. And my brother would get to drink whole milk. And I didn't understand why I was set to drink things and eat things that no one else was allowed to, like no one else was eating. I was not allowed to eat anything good. My brother, I, I remember I brought this up in therapy once with my mom when she was there and this made her start crying, <laughs> of course. Um, I said, you know, my brother's name is Wade, I would say Wade's allowed to eat an entire tray of brownies, but if I eat one, shit hits the fan. Everyone goes crazy. Brady's eating a, Brady's eating a brownie, Brady's eating this, Brady's eating that, meanwhile Wade is eating the entire pantry, everything in the fridge, he's buying cookies, buying this stuff. And he's allowed to eat it. No one says anything about it. So that's what started my binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And it started, um, I started hiding food in my room. Because Mm -hmm. I was afraid it was going to be taken from me. (laughs) I was always scared of that. So I would have to hide. And then I would get yelled at for rappers in my room. I would get yelled at if they found something in my room. There was just always something surrounding me and food. Which now leads me to, I don't eat as much because of the surgery, mm-hmm. so I hoard the food that I do get, mm-hmm. and I keep it, and I don't want anyone to know that I have it, I want to keep it hidden in my room, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to know that I'm eating mm-hmm. this, and that really, I'm trying to fix it, mm-hmm. but it's so hard, because that's all that I've ever known, is hiding my food, because yeah. someone's going to take it from me, someone's going to say, you're not allowed to eat this, why do mm-hmm. you have this, and they're going to take it, I'm never going to be allowed to eat it again, yeah. So I'm really trying. I really do. And when I go to your house, and when I go to any of my friends' houses, and they have food, immediately I'm like, oh my god! Like you're allowed to eat
0: this. Like this is for you. Yeah. You get food. You then, get fed. And, and then I'm always like, Brady, you could take whatever you want. And I don't. I can't. I well, can't. I grab it for you. Because I can't. I can't be seen holding it. I. No one can
1: know that I'm eating food. <laughs> no one can know. It's a secret. Yeah. So yeah, if I find something, like. I'm like And then I grab it it for her. I'm like, can you hold this? Can you bring it? Can you bring it for me? And she does because she understands where I'm coming from. I'm not just some freak that is afraid of food. I just I'm afraid that I'm gonna get in trouble for eating. Yeah, which is not good, not healthy. We're we're trying to fix that. Exactly. That's that's you know I'm trying to heal that. I'm trying to heal my inner child and myself it's okay to eat this. Like you're okay if you want to eat something. We're gonna go get
0: Ferrero Rocher later. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And they're gonna be in my drawer. They're gonna be in my snack little compartment. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Um. Let's see. Oh, my sister. She told me mm-hmm. that when I was little, and I asked my mom for chocolate milk because we were drinking chocolate milk, she gave me a protein. She gave me a protein shake and I was like, "My, this tastes weird." She's like, "Cause there's extra stuff in it. There's extra. There's extra chocolate." And I'm like, "Oh, all right, sick." But she was, oh no, it wasn't protein shake. It was weight loss shake. It was a weight loss shake, and I was maybe six, maybe seven. Even if that, definitely lower than like seven and eight. So yeah.
0: Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad hearing it. Yeah.
1: But growing up, eh, you're like, this is normal. This is how I live. Yeah. Like, again, like, what do you mean you're allowed to eat snacks? Yeah. What? What is snack? I was put on my first diet when I was, like, five. South Beach diet. Fuck you, South Beach <laughs> diet. I'll never love you. Ever.
0: But, I mean, that's how body dysmorphia forms. Oh, and yeah. Sh- abusive shit like that. Yep. Where... Your whole, like, your your view is distorted, mm-hmm. you know? But do you think, like, surrounding yourself with supportive people who, like, allow you to eat what you want and not just, do you think that helps you? hundred percent. Yeah. You,
1: I have to say, you are one of the main components that have made me realize that it's okay to eat food. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay and you're supposed to eat food you've really helped me start to gain a healthier relationship and a healthier outlook when it comes to food and things surrounding it and Mm. that it's okay to eat a little this or that once in a while and it's you know you're not gonna get in trouble or punished for eating when you're supposed to be eating definitely not for me no so you definitely you know and you also when i tell you these things and you're like what the Okay. Are you okay? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like that's so funny. What do you mean? It's hysterical, but it's it's really not. No, it's, it's not. Horrible. It's me. <laughs> so yeah, you you you've been a huge help when it comes to that, and I really appreciate you being there for it. Mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> I love you too.
0: We're gonna cuddle off your anyway. <laughs> Um. So lastly, mm-hmm. after all of what we've talked about do you have any specific advice for people who may be in similar households as you going through similar things as you maybe just went through weight loss surgery and is having the same issues or whatever it is whatever you feel like you would want to say whatever you felt like maybe little you would need to hear
1: right something that i'm really grateful for for Kids that are growing up now with this sort of similar issue is how much body positivity has increased mm-hmm. since I was little. No, you know I was born in 2003, so when I Same. was, Twinsies. when I was a, you know, I, these sort of ages. This was the early 2000s. This was when Avril Lavigne was like a big thing, and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. Like these are skinny. Like cookie cutter, perfect, tor- like because of drugs. What? Because yeah, because of cocaine. <laughs> all that, all that fun stuff happened. <laughs> so that was my role models were these super skinny and like not to not to shit on y'all, but um, it was not what we should have been looking. For.
0: Not like, well, at least not the only
1: thing we should have been looking. Exactly. At. We should we should have had, you know, now kids like if I was you know growing up right now and I was the same age as when they were around if I had Lizzo I was about to say that oh my god I would love her if I had Lizzo I think my outlook would have been so different I think I would have been able to you know be like well look at Lizzo look at her she's rocking her shit look at her yeah but um I'm really grateful that you know kids now have such different role models and you know, Chrissy Metz from This Is Us too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's per- like perfect. Like these people that are showing you the real them and mm-hmm. what you're supposed to look like. You you're not supposed to look, you know, decrepit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, super but and you know, showing people that different body types and you know are allowed to be shown on TV. They're not shameful, they're yeah. not embarrassing, they're just you, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I I'm grateful for all the
1: kids that are seeing that sort of thing come into play now, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, what we saw growing up, which yeah. is, you gotta be skinny, you gotta look like this and that, and now we're really,
0: people are truly understanding that every person is so different. Yeah. Everyone is different. Everyone looks different. Everyone Everyone different. has different metabolisms. Everyone has different medical things, maybe, that prevent them from whatever it is. that's just them. Exactly. It's okay mm-hmm. to be you. Which yeah. is what was really important to hear yeah
1: so so what would you say yeah it's you would just say it's okay to be you You can do whatever the hell you want to do you don't need to be putting limitations on yourself no one has the right to put limitations on you unless of course you're you know in danger doing something danger to yourself or others exactly a therapist sort of way of looking (laughs) at it so you know do what you want to do in life it really doesn't matter and i'm still trying to figure this out that other people's opinions well other people's opinions (laughs) do not matter Mm -hmm. it's it's you know you're making it all up in your head i oh i walk in somewhere like they're all looking at me they're all judging what i'm doing but meanwhile they're saying the same thing exactly no one gives a shit no one cares literally nobody which is good you know do whatever you want to do be whatever you want to be and you know Parents, if you're out there listening, <laughs> don't put your kids on diets when they're children. It fucks up their fucking mentality for life, and how their relationship with food progresses is just gonna keep getting worse. So, teach your kids everything's okay in moderation. Because
0: mm-hmm. it is. That's what my mom taught me. And, and she's a dietitian. Exactly. Well, she was a dietitian. And you have a good relationship with food. <laughs> so, I think, overall,
1: yeah. I think we can see the difference there so yeah do whatever you want to do don't limit yourself and be nice to people because you never know what someone if i had one person that was around that time that said you know don't listen to people that are don't listen to them who cares what they're saying you do you it would have made a world of difference instead of you know the constant negativity i had surrounding my life just be nice be nice and don't judge people for what they're doing. Everyone has their own shit in life. True fact.
0: God, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've been wanting to do this for a while, so it was a long time coming. And sorry for trauma dumping on y'all, but <laughs> no, now... it's a podcast. Absolutely not. It's all for helping people. Yeah. What are your last words? Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> whoa! The fuck, you gonna about to kill me right now?
1: <laughs> no. <okay. laughs> no. What are your? Uh, oh. Jill,
0: Jill. If I don't come, if I don't, if I, if you don't see me tonight, you know she'd kill me. Jill would never tell him <laughs> me. I love
1: Jill. That's true. Jill would never.
0: Um. I don't know. I would say that everything that Brady said was spot on. Again, I don't have as much to say about this because it's just not something that I have truly gone through I've gone through maybe similarities of it Mm -hmm. but not something to this you know so that's why you know I let you know I would want a person who's gone through it to really take the reins and talk about it and you know and I just think you did a fantastic job and I hope that you know some people out there listening it helped you you related to it it makes you feel less alone because that's the, that's the most important part. That's, that's what keeps people alive and what keeps people going is realizing that they're not alone in what they go through. So Very true. All right. I will see you guys next time. Sorry this was so long. <laughs> it's fine. It's ranting. worth it. But anyways, I hope you guys have a great day and uh, stay tuned for next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.